Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. I am Tam, and he is Renee. Hey, hey, Renee. Hey, Miss Tam, how are you? I'm doing most excellent. How are you? How was your weekend? Weekend was fine. What did you do? It was just merely very easy. I mean, of course, I have to go somewhere. So uh, I ended up going to San Diego for a day to visit a friend. And I was right back in L.A. on Sunday. I really wanted to come back before that Cowboy game started to see my Dallas Cowboys. But what I didn't realize was that that race was so darn good at the end. I literally wanted to just drive off the freeway and go find some bar to watch the rest of it. It was was exciting. And Renee, speaking of the first playoff race of the season at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and I concur with everything you say. I was actually in Watkins Glen, New York. So, yes, I was probably not at the right track, (laughs) considering that NASCAR (laughs) was in Las Vegas. But I was in Watkins Glen slash Corning. I flew into Elmira Airport. I don't know if any of our listeners have ever been to Watkins Glen, but that was down up that way, upstate New York. And I was down there with Shell for the Ferrari Club meet. And if you guys aren't aware, every year, and this has actually been going on since I believe 1964, but the Ferrari Club of America holds an annual international meet in a major North American city. And this particular year, it just so happens to be at Watkins Glen. Unfortunately, it was the same weekend as Las Vegas. So I had to make a decision, hang out, drive a Ferrari, get behind the wheel, ride in style, all that good stuff, or go to Las Vegas where it was 100 degrees. God, boy, that's a tough call. I mean, I know it would be for me because I love Las Vegas, but I love me some Ferraris too. Gosh, man, that's tough. Exactly, especially because I aspire to and will one day own a Ferrari. So why not put yourself in the presence of a Ferrari before you actually own one? But saying all that to say, so Shell actually is not only a sponsor of the Ferrari Club meet, but during the annual meetup, They have a bunch of seminars. They have brands that are out like Pirelli tires as well as Shell. And you pretty much can go and learn about different products and stuff. And not only can you learn about fuels like Shell or Pirelli tires, but the owners actually have a competitive rally and they have a pleasure drive. So on my last day down in Watkins Glen, I had the fortune of hanging out with a guy by the name of Aaron, who is a Ferrari owner, and he had a super classic Ferrari, and we rode probably about two hours. And if you've been to Watkins Glen, you know it's absolutely beautiful. So to ride for two hours or so around Watkins Glen, it was a wonderful thing. So shout out to Shell for making all that happen. Thank you very much. Yeah, no kidding. Let's jump into the NASCAR race. Before we go any further, oh my goodness, I was in the same boat as you. The race got good. We had a small break when we came back to the hotel. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch the race really quick. Okay, unfortunately, the race was not on TV because most hotels 
do not have NBC, SCN or whatever it is. And this is a reoccurring thing, to be honest. Like, it's kind of hard when you're a NASCAR fan to actually watch a race these days because if it doesn't come on NBC or Fox and it's on one of these side stations like a Fox Sports 1 or, you know, whatever else the channels are, you may not get an opportunity to see it. And that almost happened to me. But fortunately, I remembered that I can watch it online. And the only reason why I can watch it online is because I have direct TV, because although I went to the NBC Sports app, you still need to log in with your provider, as in your, I don't want to say cable, but satellite TV provider, because I think that's more the correct term. So if you've ever tried to watch anything online, you should know that there are more commercials online than there are on TV. So every two minutes, the race was interrupted with a commercial. And I barely got a chance to see the race because I was watching so many commercials. And then unfortunately, when the race went into overtime, I had to leave to go to dinner. So I literally missed the last couple of laps. Like I think it was like the last two laps when it went into overtime. But nonetheless, got a chance to watch it. All the rest, I caught up on social media. I predicted Brad Kozlowski was going for the turkey for the trifecta. If you forgot, I'm going to rub it in and remind you. Yes, I did pick Bad Brad (laughs) to win. Oh, wait, we don't even call him Bad Brad anymore. Hmm. Well, I picked Bad Brad to win. Yeah, he's just Bad Brad in the fact that he's racing really good right now. So He's bad. He's a bad man. (laughs) You know what's interesting, too? is that the race was just crazy for all the playoff drivers. And on that note, before I even jump into all the people who wrecked that were in the playoffs, let's talk about our top 10. Our top 10 in Las Vegas, Brad Keselowski was your winner. Kyle Larson, number two. Truex Jr. came in third. Joey Logano, who is a Pennzoil, Shell Pennzoil driver, so kudos to him. He came in number four. Ryan Blaney was fifth, Eric Amarola sixth, Kyle Busch seventh. Oh, and just at quick glance, at first glance, all the first seven drivers to place were all playoff drivers. Daniel Suarez came in eighth, Ryan Newman came in ninth, and Paul Menard came in tenth. Some notables, Austin Dillon was in 11th, and these notables are the remainder of the drivers that are in the playoffs. So Austin Dillon was 11th, Alex Bowman, 19th, Kurt Busch, 21st, Jimmy Johnson, 22nd, Clint Boyer, 23rd, Denny Hamlin, 32nd, Chase Elliott, 36th, Kevin Harvick, 39th, and Eric Jones, 40th. That is mind-boggling that those drivers literally were 32nd, 36th, 39th, and 40th. I mean, Again, the drivers that I just read off are the other drivers that are in the playoffs that didn't come in the top 10. But the fact that you had Denny Hamlin in 32nd, Chase Elliott 36th, and Kevin Harvick 39th, and Eric Jones 40th, who was also our poll winner, that's just mind-boggling. What was really crazy is I just want to read off the playoff drivers that were involved in some type of accident. Harvick set the tone. Harvick and Eric Jones, because actually Harvick, I think his he cut a tire or something, and then Eric got into the back of him. So both of them were out, and I think they were out before stage two. 
Jamie McMurray, he's not in the playoffs, but he hit a wall and Chase Elliott got caught up in his accident. So Chase was out. Yeah, I felt bad real quick for Chase Elliott. I mean, there still was one car in between Elliott and Jamie McMurray, but for somehow Chase Elliott got to tell into that and I mean, just completely ruined his day. I felt bad for the kid, but oh, well, you know, that's racing. That's racing, and unfortunately, it's the start of the playoffs. Yeah. Kyle Busch, he had a tire go down, and he actually ran in the grass, but luckily enough, it didn't tear up the bottom of his car, so he was able to continue racing. Denny Hamlin wasn't so lucky because he had the same situation, but once he hit the grass, it was over. His day was done. (laughs) Yeah. There went my pick. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he got loose, and it was all... I mean, that Sonny D car was tore up, but he's not in the playoffs. But, you know, I'm just kind of going by recollection in terms of who I remember had an issue. Right. Oh, Kurt Busch. If I'm not mistaken, the situation with Kurt Busch and Clint Boyer, they got caught up in David Reagan and and McDowell's situation with, yeah, with two to go. Exactly. And Jimmy Johnson. Oh, how can I forget Jimmy Johnson? Jimmy Johnson had drama as well as William Byron. And I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. But yeah, I mean, a good, I believe it was like 10 or 11 of the playoff drivers has some type of drama. I do recall Kevin Harvick was jaw japping and upset about Goodyear Tire, but I didn't really get too much into that. And I didn't read about it. So I'm not going to quote anything on that. But yeah, so that was pretty much that. Not that you guys needed a recap from us, but we like to tell you what's going on because the podcast is usually out on Wednesdays and the race is on Sunday. So that was just a refresher. Thank us later or thank us now, (laughs) however you want to do it. And just a quick playoff picture update. If the playoffs started today, Brad Keselowski is in because he has a win. Truex Jr. actually still leads all drivers with points, but because Brad won, of course, he's already in. Truex second, Kyle B, as in Kyle Busch, is third, Harvick fourth, Joy Logano fifth, Kurt Busch sixth, Ryan Newman would have the seventh spot, Kyle Larson the eighth spot, Eric Amarola ninth, Austin Dillon tenth, Clint Boyer eleventh, Alex Bowman twelfth. Now, only the top 12 drivers are advancing after the Roval. And if this was two weeks from now, Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, Eric Jones, as well as Denny Hamlin's playoff hopes would be done because they're not in as of now, which is mind boggling. Yeah, it really is. Especially for Denny Hamlin. Right. Denny just always seems to shine. He comes through in the clutch. Jimmy, I'm just not sure what's going on. I don't even know if he's going to get his groove back. It's just not looking good. I know. That's the crazy thing. And I mean, I'm really kind of rooting for him, too, because I I don't know. You know, I've I've been picking Denny out the last couple of weeks, and he's making me look bad. (laughs) Well, Denny, Jimmy, Chase, Eric, get it together. Get it together. Okay, what else we need to talk about? I feel like our energy is low. We got to get some pep in our stuff. I know a a lot of it is because Renee is actually headed out because he is saving all his energy because he's about to hit the stage at one of the comedy clubs and make a bunch of people laugh tonight. I'm going to try to do my best to make these people laugh over at the Hollywood uh, Comedy Store. But uh, 
it'll happen. You know, once I hit that stage, that energy level just goes up. It just kicks in from somewhere. Okay, but our listeners want your energy now. Stop being That's selfish. right. They, Look. they do. <laughs> and they certainly deserve it. That's for sure. I can't give you much because <laughs> I'm tired. That's right. And not only am I tired, I'm actually preparing. I've been home, I guess, not even 24 hours. And I'm going to be right back at it because I will be doing a test drive with Chevy in the Silverado towing some stuff. And I need to get up super, super early in the morning. So on that note, you know what? I'm going to use one of my transitions, the word super. How about that super 500 win for Penske? Yeah, that was uh, exactly where I was going to go. So. And the whole time I was listening to it on the way back home, Tam, they were saying how Mr. Penske was watching it on TV and stuff. And it must be an awesome feeling to know, not only an awesome feeling, a stressful feeling knowing that you are at that 500 mark and you want to get it and you're waiting for it. And then when you finally get it, how sweet it must be to know that you got your 500 win as an owner and just all the things that just come with all the, the blood, sweat, and tears and sacrifice you made to get to that point. So uh, congratulations to uh, the captain, as they call him, Tam. 52 years in a game. It took him 52 years to get his 500th win. And he's had 50 drivers help him to his 500th win. And that is over 14 different racing series. He was not in Las Vegas because... It was the same weekend as the Indy Car Championship. Now, he did not win the Indy Car Championship because Chip Kanaski driver won, which was Dixon. Scott Dixon actually won. Oh, and speaking of drivers, we have a lot of change going on. Some of this is a little old, but we weren't able to talk about it. But as we know, Ryan Newman is done. He is not returning to Richard Childress Racing. Jamie McMurray is done. That's going to be interesting to see who gets his car. Matt DiBenedetto is not returning to go fast racing. Casey Kane is done and Kurt Busch is done. Now, what's really crazy and not done as in they're never going to race again, but they're not going to be on their same team. Casey Kane may not race again in the Cup Series because he's dealing with some issues. And then Daniel probably won't return or is not going to return. I guess it's been confirmed at this point. He won't be returning to Joe Gibbs because as it is now, and I think we touched on this last podcast, but Truex Jr. will take that spot. It's like musical stock cars going on here. you know? <laughs> exactly. But who's to say if there'll be some type of alliance with Joe Gibbs and wherever else Daniel goes? Yeah, exactly. What's interesting is that the Stuart Haas team or the owner Haas, so not Tony, but the other owner, Gene Haas, he actually came out and said that there wasn't really, I don't want to misquote him, but it was something to the fact that there aren't that many appealing situations that they're looking at at this moment for the replacement for Kurt. Who's to say? I had a conversation over the weekend. I doubt very seriously if Ryan Newman goes to Stuart Haas because we already know that is not going to work. And I don't really see Jamie McMurray going there either. So now, of course, I just have to talk about Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards. Okay, you guys know where I was going with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to say Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards' name another podcast. So let me get it out right now. Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards. There you go. 
That's it. I'm not going to say his name for the rest of the season. (laughs) Well, the jury's still out on that, but we'll see. Okay, I'm going to try my best. Oh, just really quick. Did you see that video with Fernando Alonso, who's an F1 driver for Red Bull Racing, and he is actually hanging it up. But he did a video with Jimmy Johnson that was quite interesting. I didn't really, I was like, what are they alluding to? Are they going to switch off? Like, if you didn't see it, they both were in their trailers and Jimmy called Fernando and Fernando was like, hey, you know, it was some small talk, but it almost alluded to the fact that there's going to be a potential switch off. Yeah. The ironic thing is, is that Fernando has expressed some interest in the Daytona 500, but he's never tested. He He's never been in a NASCAR, not competitively. Right. This should be interesting, but I don't know. What did you think about it? The strange thing was also is that he said he wasn't even really familiar with all the rules and stuff like that. So he said it would be kind of hard to kind of like really try to transition to do that to begin with. I mean, he'd have to go back and look at, you know, exactly how NASCAR actually really performs under certain rules because he didn't he doesn't really know all of them. Not like that enough to get in the stock car and just start racing. Yeah, I couldn't imagine a driver's first race being the Daytona 500. Because Daytona 500, Talladega, when you start to talk about super speedways and restrictor plate racing, that's pack racing. And it's a lot of side drafting that goes on. It's not like a road course. I'm not just saying anybody can jump on a road course, but it's just much different because you're driving one behind the other as opposed to when you're at Daytona. You're driving close to 200 miles an hour where if the air is bad or anything goes wrong, you can get caught up literally. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can't see Daytona 500 being his first NASCAR race, but you know what? Who am I? I don't really know much. And speaking (laughs) of first race, and this is probably not the best transition, but Alan Day, who is the Israeli driver, who races in the um, Euro Series. Well, I guess it was a great transition because his first race was Sonoma. See, his first race was Sonoma last year, and that was for BK Racing, but he is going to be racing at Richmond. Yes. And just to kind of add something to that and kind of tie it all in with Fernando, his first race in the NASCAR Cup Series was Sonoma, a road course race. And that's exactly what I just said five minutes ago is that, yeah, I can see your first race being a road course race, but not Talladega or Daytona. And ironically, Allen is already racing in a NASCAR touring series is just in another country, I guess, because it's the Euro Series. But yeah. Okay. Enough about all that. Oh, your boy, speaking of yes. first you, races, another transition. You can end it all with the Dale Jr. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's going to be his first race of the season. It won't be a cup race, but it's a race. Right. And you know what? And this goes all the way back to when he had already committed this even way before he decided to walk away from NASCAR racing altogether. And he's going to do it there the Go Bowling 250 at Richmond Raceway. Now, it is going to be NASCAR Xfinity Series, of course, but they were asking him questions about it, whether that that was really honestly going to be his last race or not. And in a Twitter response, almost like a Q&A he kept doing with people on Twitter, he said he'd only run races for JR Motorsports that involve sponsorship packages that help fund races 
Now, he did go on to say, you know, when the team runs five cars in a given week, it stretches the company thin, which that, that I can understand. But he said that more than likely, he pretty much made it kind of clear that this would be his last one. But, you know, anytime any athlete says, this is my last run, this is my last fight, this is my last year or whatever, you know, there's always some kind of door that has a crack open. And then if they can slip through that crack, they're going to do it again. So it's yet to be seen, Tam. You never know. I don't think he's going to race again. I mean, I, I think he would do it if need be. Yeah, now, me personally, I think this will be his last race. Yeah, because I feel like his life has changed drastically. Not so much him being in the booth, but he has a baby now. It's almost like when you retire, I'll equate this to football. Because actually, who was that from the Pittsburgh Steelers who just retired at halftime? You know what? I heard about that, and I, and I don't remember who it was. Oh, I can't even think it. But here's the thing, is that sometimes you have a love for something, but you don't want to do what it takes to do it. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you don't love it, but you have to think like, okay, football players. I know quite a few NFL players as well as basketball players. And in fact, two people that I know, and I won't say either of their names, but one is an NBA player, was an NBA player, and the other one's an NFL player. They both retired about two or three times their last couple of years. And one of them, what he would do is he would just wait until right before the season started to get on a team. That way he didn't have to go through training camp because nobody wants to deal with all that stuff. The love for the sport was still there, but it was like, uh, nobody wants to go through practicing. That was hashtag Tam Zarant. I'm so sorry, you guys. I didn't mean to do that, but I did it. Moving on to my point is that it sounds all good, but once Dell Jr. gets back in that car and it's probably going to be hot in Richmond, he's going to be over it, but I could be Yeah, wrong. he will. <laughs> Renee, let's just move right out of that conversation into... Our predictions, there's no fan comment of the week because, once again, we did not do our Twitter chat, and I just didn't feel the need to give you any additional commentary other than our own comments. All right. And we gave you a lot of comments already. So we are moving into our past 10 winners because before I give you my predictions, I give you the past 10 winners. Yes, we're doing it a little bit different. I'm going to give the past 10 winners. Then Renee's going to tell you who he has to win at Richmond. And then I'm going to tell you who I have to win at Richmond. And we've yet to pick our championship four, but maybe we'll do that next week. So the past 10 winners at Richmond are as follows. And remember, we race twice a year at Richmond and we've been racing at Richmond since 1953 when Lee Petty won the first race at Richmond Raceway. In 2008, and this is for our September race, 2008, Jimmy Johnson, 2009, Denny Hamlin, 2010, Denny Hamlin, 2011, Kevin Harvick, 2012, Clint Boyer, 2013, Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards. There he is. I said I wasn't going to say his name again. I lied. 2014, Brad Kozlowski. 2015, Matt Kenseth. 2016, Denny Hamlin. 2017, Kyle Larson. And 
We have yet to find out, but we will in less than a week who will be our 2018 winner for the September race at Richmond. Renee, who you got? Who will win at Richmond this weekend? It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. Boy, I really want to say Brad Keselowski again, man. I, I This guy is just running so hot. Then again, so was Harvick earlier in the year, and so is Kyle Busch, and so... <laughs> And so as the big top three, and especially the number 78, Martin Truex Jr., but Keselowski is like hot, hot. And I'm going to stay with it. Tam, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Denny Hamlin is the winner. I'm going to stick by my boy's side. I'm going to stick with Denny Hamlin. And after this week, if he doesn't come through, then I'm done with Denny Hamlin. I'm done with the number 11. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin, Tam. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin wins. He's going to end up in victory lane. And then for my alternative pick, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski to win again. Those are my picks, and I'm sticking with them. Okay, not a bad pick. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, as well as Jimmy Johnson are all three-time winners at Richmond. So maybe they'll do something. Never know. My boy, Kyle Busch, as well as Kurt Busch. Kyle has won five times at Richmond, and Kurt's won twice. I am going to go with a Bush and a Bush because I feel like Bush, as in Kyle Bush, kind of cooled off. But I feel like he may get that groove back and heat up. But I'm going to go with Kurt Bush as my winner and Kyle Bush as my alternative. Uh-huh. I can't let it go. I just feel like Kurt Bush has it in him to win a race <laughs> in the playoffs. So I those bet. are my picks, Renee. All right. Those are her picks. Those are my picks. Please, guys, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of our podcast. You can find our podcast on Spotify, our Heart Radio, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you have friends, uh, at least two friends, to subscribe to All Turns No Breaks. We always look forward to talking NASCAR with you guys each and every week, and especially next week. Bye-bye. Oh, and I promise we'll have our energy levels up, up, and up. <laughs> Peace. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 